What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I have special guest, the one and only Leanne Vogel of Healthful Pursuit. How you doing, Leanne? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. Um, so for anybody that doesn't know you, I don't think anybody in the keto space doesn't know you, but for anybody that doesn't, uh, what's, a, what's a little bio on you? Oh, geez. <laughs> um, so my name is Leanne, and I started keto back in 2014, and it was really at a point I had been vegan for a really long time. My hormones had been massively struggling. I had been dealing at that point with amenorrhea, which is a lack of period, uh, for over six years. And I went to a doctor, and she said, have you heard of a low-carb diet? I said, no, that's horrible. It's so unhealthy. How could people do that to themselves? And then I decided to give it a try because I was so lost and so frustrated. I had studied nutrition back in 2007, thought I was doing all the right things, um, went on keto and it changed my life in 30 days. I went off my ADHD medication. I lost a bunch of hormone weight gain. And then over the, the coming months, I started noticing all these weird things with my body. I was losing hair. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I was getting a lot of anxiety. And so I started doing a bunch of research on why that was happening and what I could do to change it. And that's when I developed uh, the fat field protocol, um, which I've been practicing um, since 2015. And I just came up with a book last year uh, called The Keto Diet. And I have a podcast called The Keto Diet. Um, and that's kind of a little bit about me. And I have my period now. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Perfect. I'm, I'm going to back up way before keto here. Um, I'm, I'm always interested in like the progression of people's dieting tendencies. So like mm -hmm. what made you want to go vegan? What, what were you doing before that? Like what was the motivation for that transition? The major motivation to going vegan is that I was broke and didn't have money to buy meat. That was like the first um, piece to it. And at the time, we're talking like way back in 2003, vegan was really big. <laughs> like all my friends were doing it. Everyone was talking about it. There were a lot of documentaries coming out about the health effects of vegan. And I just figured, you know, I'm broke beyond anything and I just can't afford animal protein. So I'll switch over to vegan. And that was really the the primary reason and then as I started getting more friends that are vegan because I don't know if it's still like that now in the vegan community but I find like vegan people just find each other and they end up yeah. being vegan friends and talking about vegan things and so it just became a thing that I did with my friends um and then it became um very much about health and wellness and I was sprouting all my own grains and eating a lot of raw things and getting involved in um, things out in Vancouver BC for ethical standards of animals and getting really passionate about that so it sort of became this progression as time went on and I was vegan for I want to say like seven years-ish. Oh wow what, what, what is it what was like a typical day of eating for like a vegan Leanne oh. look like? You it's remember? so funny. I do remember. I actually found meal plans on my old computer when we were moving out of our house. And um, so at breakfast, I would have this like quinoa. There was a quinoa porridge with raisins. So it was like sprouted quinoa with um, dairy-free milk. I think it was almond milk and raisins and cinnamon with maple syrup or honey. And then for snack, because I could only go about two hours between meals. So snack, I would have 
fruit. My favorite thing I remember was fruit bowls with honey and hemp seeds. That was my go-to. I ate that at least every day, usually after yoga class. There was a lot of smoothies also if I wasn't having a fruit bowl or I'd have a smoothie in the afternoon, a lot of green juices. For lunch, I loved rice salads. I ate a lot of wild rice, quinoa salads. I loved um, enchilada type of things. Um, I started eating cheese probably the last two years of my vegan eating style. So then it was like a lot of pastas with melted cheese on it. Um, and that's kind of when I was eating a lot of the fake meat, meat products. But originally, um, there was a there was a period in there about four years where I primarily did a lot of raw vegan. So then it was just a lot of raw things. <laughs> just a lot of a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. To make all the food. Did you, do you notice yourself like like I've talked to a few vegans um, and they they notice like a an uptick in their performance initially and then they've said that after you know extended periods of time like it's like something's almost missing and I, I don't know like I've never yes. I've never tried vegan so I'm just asking out of curiosity. Yeah, when when I first started vegan, I was a teenager and didn't like I had been a dancer. Um, for many, many, many years, I had just quit dancing. Uh, so for the first couple of years, I wasn't really active, but then I started going to the gym and lifting. And I, when I was vegan, I couldn't gain muscle. Like I I tried everything to gain muscle and my body just wouldn't. So we just thought it was just the way my body was. I must've had a really horrible trainer because that's not a thing. But, um, (laughs) so yeah, we just, um, assume that my body couldn't gain muscle, but there at the very end, when I started running, that's when I really started noticing that things were just off. Like I could not compete at all. Like my numbers were just horrible and it didn't matter what I did. It was always just bad. And I think it was a combination of, um, not actually having a lot of hormones in my body period. Mm-hmm. And I think that vegan definitely contributed to that a lot. Um, so when I switched over to keto, that boost in performance was just incredible. Like, there's nothing like it. It was crazy. Well, as vegan, I mean, were you tracking your macros, or did you have any kind of basic idea of what your like actual ratios were when you were vegan? Yeah, it sounded like you were eating a lot of carbs. I was eating a lot of carbs. Okay, so that same meal plan, I would count out my my calories, and I was really obsessed with making sure that I ate enough protein. Get this. <laughs> so, my protein goal was 40 grams a day. Mm-hmm. and my fiber goal was 30 grams a day and i ate on average 300 grams of carbs <laughs> wow <laughs> that's pretty much the exact opposite of what you're eating now three yeah exact opposite like 300 grams of carbs my husband actually has a photo album on his computer of everywhere leanne sleeps that's what it's called and he would find me sleeping in the car at lunchtime because we worked at the same office. I would fall asleep at malls. I would fall asleep in movie theaters. I would fall asleep like standing on the bus. Like I could sleep everywhere. And, you know, everyone just thought it was really cute that Leanne sleeps all the time. Like she's always just sleeping. I would fall asleep in meetings and it it was the thing. But um, it was totally a vegan thing and a carb thing because I don't sleep it, like at all during the day of, um, of those 300 grams how much of that was sugar you think you have any idea oh i mean i did hmm all that honey Maybe adds half? up pretty quick i would i would say at least half wow. at least i mean i ate a lot like my fa- my favorite snack was fruit bowl with honey i mean yeah. <laughs> do the Enough math said. on that one. <laughs> oh man so 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 you did that for seven years and then yeah. what was like um 
what was the the motivation for trying keto i guess just like was it like an aha moment well um i was vegan when i went to my first crossfit class and a friend had recommended crossfit and it was like this big thing and they were doing a paleo challenge at that crossfit and so i did paleo for 30 days like i went from vegan to paleo like overnight and I got so constipated and I was so miserable and my gallbladder, I didn't know at the time, but my gallbladder was like screaming. It was so painful because it was a lot more fat and I just hated it. Um, so then I went back to vegan and when I went over to keto, I, I did again like overnight switch and it was really just like for the original part for when I went paleo, it was just like, everyone's doing this. Sounds cool. I've never tried it. I'm just going to give it a whirl because I've always been open to trying new things with my body. And then with keto, it was like, I've tried paleo. I hated it. I, I did the vegan thing. I'm having so many health issues. I got to try something else. And keto was really the, I mean, I could have done low carb, but I like to take things to the extreme. And I was like, why not just go keto and see what happens? What, uh, like from an ethical standpoint, when you were big into the, you know, the ethics and that was, you know, one of the motivating factors for you to do vegan, what kind of shifts occurred in your mind that allowed you to be okay with eating meat again? It might sound a little bit insensitive, but when, when you can't get out of bed and you don't have a sex drive and your skin looks like you're 70 years old, I knew that there was a a problem with the way that I was taking care of my body. And I had a, I had a very strong suspicion even years before I stopped being vegan that I needed to eat meat. Like I would have so many cravings to just eat chicken. Like I remember driving past KFC multiple times on my way to work every day, just like drooling looking at KFC and KFC like really, but it was like, I just need some chicken. And so I think it just came down to like my body clearly isn't happy and I had always thought that I guess I'd always thought that there was like black and white to everything and I guess in that moment I just realized like there's some gray area and I can eat meat and animal protein from an ethical place making sure that I am aligning myself with brands that I really care about and that was the first brand that I found for meat in the area that I was living was called TK Ranch and they let me come out to their ranch and check out their farm and meet their animals and every all of them were pasture raised and they had heritage um, pork and it was just such a happy place for these animals to be and they um, there were no waste products at all so any of the meat that they prepared the bones would go to a local company to make bone broth and um, the fats would go to a local company to make I think it was pork crackling and so there were all these different things going on and I just I really loved that and that's what I could get behind um, and I think meeting the animals and seeing where my meat was coming from was really important and then just also realizing like I can't advocate for a healthy life and I had been a nutritionist for years at this point if I am super sick and it's not working like I yeah. have a responsibility to find out what's going on and ultimately it was that I wasn't eating animal protein and I needed a lot more fat and that that was just like okay well I'm gonna lose all my friends and I did my vegan friends still don't talk really? to me and and that was just a decision I had to make of like you know, live a life of being sick or not. And some vegans might say like, no, 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 there are other options. And I'm sure there are for other people, but that wasn't the path for me. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I, 
I eat a lot of meat. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of animals that die to feed me. But yes. <laughs> at the same time, you know, like I, I was I was raised hunting. Like I harvest the, the meat that I eat as efficiently and, you know, humanely as possible. And I think, I don't know, I've always just taken like a circle of life approach to the whole concept. Yeah. As So my husband and I live in our RV full time. And so we've become quite primal these last couple of months. Like originally it was like, you know, glamping. And now we're like living in the forest for three weeks at a time and talking about like, how could we hunt and then store that meat? So I totally get that. And I think um, it's such a blessing to be able to have that experience. That's so cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, what, what about from like a, like a nutrient standpoint, what do you think your body was, was given when you started introducing the meats back in that, that made the difference? Like, is it like a tangible micronutrient or something that, that you think was a differentiating factor? I think it was like, it might sound a little bit hokey pokey, but I think a lot of it was to do with energy. And, um, I just, I wasn't getting that like just overall energy from the grains and the fruits. Um, but I think from a micronutrient perspective, I know that I was really, 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 really lacking in vitamin A. Um, and we know that um, animal sources of vitamin A is the only way that our body can truly um, have vitamin A. Um, so I think that was definitely an issue. And um, I would say from a fat perspective, having those saturated fats I mean, I would have the odd bit of coconut oil, but my body thrives on saturated, like animal saturated fat. Like I'm the girl that could down, like easily just eat tallow from a spoon, like beef fat. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know. It, it might be a genetic thing um, as to like why my body just lights up with that stuff. But I would say, I mean, there were so many issues when I came to keto of just everything being so low and so screwed up. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what other than like everything, like everything improved. My DHEA, estrogen, progesterone, my cholesterol increased, which is the precursor of all of your sex hormones. Um, I was finally able to maintain a good level of vitamin A, which I hadn't before. My LDL... Um, went uh down my triglycerides went down I, I mean it's hard to pinpoint there was so many things that were wrong with my body when i started what what uh like from the progression of when you first started eating meat again and kind of went keto um actually even back it up further why do you think paleo didn't work as effectively as keto like what was the difference there oh, well i don't know how everyone else feels about paleo and i think there's a lot of people that totally crush paleo and they're awesome at it but uh when you're doing more of a lazy paleo approach, just like a lazy vegan or a lazy keto, um, I was eating still a lot of like sweet potatoes and dates and, you know, paleo treats and probably just as much, well, maybe, I don't know, 75% um, the amount of carbs that I was e eating as a vegan. I think the, the downfall was that I was just eating too many carbs mm -hmm. and not enough fat and those macros weren't right for my body. And I think that's where I see a lot of people um, struggling with paleo is that they're eating a lot of the paleo treats and and although they are quote-unquote paleo like I went to the health food store yesterday to get some water and fizzy things for recording some podcasts and I couldn't believe how many products had paleo on it I'm like yeah like technically this is paleo but really like have we not lost sight of the whole thing so I think I don't think there's anything wrong with paleo I just think that 
the way some people practice it, if they are eating a ton of carbs, they probably won't have as much success as, at it as if they were to lower their amount of carbs. Because paleo, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ignorant here, but okay. paleo, like the, the emphasis isn't really put on the ratios of the foods you're eating, right? It's just as long as it True. comes from the, the earth, you know, basically you're, you're good. Yeah, and it's, well, I mean, the the base of the approach is if it doesn't have grains, um, then the primal approach will have dairy. Um, so it's really just like, yes, foods, no foods. Um, but I, I mean, there's a lot of paleo foods, although they come from the earth. It's like they're so processed, like macaroons in a plastic bag with coconut. It has coconut flour and cane sugar and it's good for you. It's like, well... Like, why wouldn't you just have an apple with some coconut butter? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like just, just looking at it more, uh, I guess, primal than that. So just like with keto, you can do keto with just macros and focus on that. And that could be your end goal. But I found that that didn't work for my body. So it was like, okay, I'm going to do pay, I'm going to do keto and I'm going to look at my macros, but I also need to pay attention to, you know, um, rotating my carbohydrates and, um, being kind to my body and looking at the quality of the food that I'm eating. And that, that was a huge benefit. So I think it's always a lot deeper for every eating style. I feel like, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. So let's just dive into to your take on keto and kind of like what you've noticed with your body. Cause everybody's, you know, an individual, everybody's so different. So it works well for some might not be the same for somebody else, but I, I'd love to dive into what you found works well for you and kind of how you've approached that. Yeah. So for the first six months, like I mentioned, it was, you know, by the book, checking my macros, tracking every portion of food, um, you know, putting everything in my fitness pal. uh, And when I would hit a weight plateau, I would just restrict more. I didn't fully understand the the practice of fasting. Like I just felt like fasting should be horrible and you should hate it. So if I was hungry during that process, I was doing something right where now I've learned like fasting should just be like this natural tool of like, Oh, I'm not hungry. I'm not going to eat. This is so great. Keto. Yay. But I, you know, I was hungry on my fast and struggling through it every time. Um, so that was the first six months and I, I lost a lot of hormone, um, weight gain that I had had, um, from going on hormone replacement therapy that didn't work for me. And Um, I kind of lost sight of the whole reason I started keto, which was to balance my hormones. And I got so fixated on, but how much weight can I lose? And I lost a lot of weight. I got six packs. I got a six pack rather. It was really great. Um, But I wasn't happy on the inside. And I was starting to struggle a lot with anxiety. I was pushing friends away. I was becoming obsessed, like obsessed about food and tracking. I remember getting so anxious about about going out for dinner with friends that I was calling the restaurant beforehand, asking them, you know, what, what was in their food, if I could see their menu ahead of time. And it was a seasonal menu and they didn't have it. And I was stressing out about it so much that I just canceled. Like that is not normal behavior. Mm-hmm. And it just became really obsessive. So after that whole thing, um, having not slept for six days, my hair was falling out. It was just not working for me. I just was really frustrated because the ketogenic diet is such a powerful diet. And I knew that I could feel that I had gone off my ADHD medication. My brain was feeling so lit up. I'd lost this weight, but I was struggling, um, mentally with a lot of the, um, restriction. And so that's kind of how um, my carb up practice became a part of my ketogenic protocol. So at that point, I had been eating keto for six months. I started eating uh, 
a little bit of carbs in the evening once a week to kind of see if that would offset the craziness that I was feeling. And it did. And then my next goal was, okay, I'm not going to track any of the food that I eat. So I'm just going to set the intention of eating low carb, high fat with every meal. And when I feel like having carbs, I'll have them and I'll move on with life. And fast forward a couple of years now, and it's like, I'll go weeks, sometimes even months without having many carbs and be like, oh, when's the last time I had a carb up? Wow. Okay. That was a long time. Yeah. I think I'm going to have a sweet potato tonight or you know, it's just, it's balancing it out and also making it a lot more approachable because there are people that I meet that, you know, women and men included that if they're told to eat low carb, high fat for the rest of their lives, they're like, cool, done. Like it's just so easy for them. And I just, I, I enjoy eating popcorn with my sister when we go to watch Beauty and the Beast. Like mm-hmm. I just, that is the thing that I like to do. And if I don't have that popcorn and I'm watching my sister eat it, I feel like I'm not experiencing this movie with her. And then I go home and what do I do? I binge anyway because I'm, I'm really pissed off at everything that happens. So I find in the grand scheme of things, it's better to just enjoy it. And when you're conscious to the experience, you eat less carbs anyway. So I think the major struggle was just that restriction that I had put on myself and those rules. And so now my fat field approach is looking at the quality of my food and not beating myself up over having like a half of a sliced up apple on a salad. <laughs> like, um, and I get back into ketosis the next morning. So it's not, it's not a big deal and, and helps me in the long run. So that's kind of how I practice it now. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm curious, do you think like, um, like when you were like not sleeping for six days and all your hair was falling out, um, that was probably like some negative response to like your body's just extreme stress and hormonal effects of that stress, I would assume? Yeah, I think it was a perfect storm of, um, not eating enough carbs. Like there were days where I would eat 10 grams of carbs or less. And I mean, I've met people that are carnivores and you can go on, like my husband could eat meat for six months and not bat an eye but I wasn't eating enough vegetables for my body uh I wasn't eating enough I think I was just like there were days where I'd have 1100 calories and I would also do a two hour um hot yoga class and run for 30 minutes like it just it wasn't enough food uh and I was also forcing myself to fast so I think those three things really contributed to the hair loss um it wasn't electrolytes I mean I was supplementing with electrolytes I was going to the doctor and getting IVs trying to figure out like is it electrolytes what's happening here and um, none of that helped so I think it was the fact that I wasn't eating enough and my macros weren't totally right for my body it is crazy too how much like how much of a you know external external physical effect on your body like your your hormones and your stress plays like when I did my first prep and was under similar situations like was just stress wasn't eating enough nothing was going like it should have been I mean, just the the stress and the hormonal depletion of that time. I mean, everything in your physical state just starts shutting down. Yeah. Isn't that the craziest thing? Like, that just blows my mind. Actually, I was supposed to go on a Kelly and Ryan show in January, and it was a big deal. Like, I've been watching 
that show since I was little. I remember dreaming of being on that show. And as soon as I was asked to be on the show, I started developing like just a little neck like pinch. Like I, I think I was just kind of nervous. And then as time went on, we were like preparing for it. And, and there was a lot going on in January and hustle bustle. And I woke up two days before and my neck had completely froze to one side. Like my 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 left ear was completely attached to my left shoulder. I couldn't I couldn't move it. I could not move it. And when I tried to move it a little bit, I would pass out. Like That's not good. It was it was it was not good. It was not good. And it went on for like half a day to the point where I passed out. I hit my head. I had to go to the hospital. But it was all stress. Like it there was nothing else going on. As soon as I had to cancel because I like physically couldn't get on a plane, the next morning woke up, fine. Like absolutely fine like nothing had happened like what were they understanding what? like did y'all reschedule and all was good we couldn't reschedule it was like a new year new you thing and i really believe that these things happen for a reason but it's like stress is such a powerful thing and we don't we don't think about it we just push ourselves harder and try to work better and i've learned especially over the last eight months is like you really got to take it easy because you only got one body. <laughs> and when it gives out, like if you get stressed out enough, it can show up in the craziest ways, the craziest ways. What What do you like? What do you do? Because I mean, I'm, I'm stressed right now. I'm not even going to lie. Like I'm always stressed. I don't sleep enough. Mm -hmm. I just like I'm an extremist. But I'd, I'd love to pick your brain on what you do for stress. Like what are some applicable, you know, action steps that people can use? Yeah, I started playing the guitar. Um, I've never played a guitar before. I have no idea what I'm doing. And when I'm playing the guitar and trying to learn, I can't think of anything else. Like I'm so focused on like, did that note sound right? Where are my fingers? And my brain is working so hard because there's like, you're strumming the guitar. You're trying to remember which, which um, strings to hit and not hit. And then you have your other hand doing all this other stuff. It's so like you just you can't think of anything else. And that's been such a therapeutic thing for me, even though I feel bad for like every animal and neighbor that hears me on the guitar because I'm not good at it. But just having an activity where um, for me, if it were f if it were a physical activity, I get really obsessed about that kind of stuff and I would make it a competition and see how hard I could push my body. And next thing you know, I'm trying to lose weight again. Um, so I needed something that would like allow me to focus on just it. Another one that I really enjoy is yoga um, and meditation, breathing exercises, just stuff that you can't use your brain when you're doing that. And when you really get into like a really good maybe flow yoga class, you're just in the flow and you can't think. It's just yeah. impossible to think in, in that circumstance. Um, I love listening to music, like really getting into the music, like putting on the headphones, singing if I can. Um, I sense a theme here of music, but um, whatever that passion is for you of just like really engrossing yourself. And it's hard. Like I, I'll be the first one to say I suck at the balance piece. But um, we were we were renovating our house a couple of years ago. Uh, and I was I was really into the ketogenic diet. It had been like two years. I had it figured out. I was crushing it. And a bunch of issues happened with the renovation. The guy couldn't finish it we lost a lot of money and I got so stressed and my ketones just went away, like gone. Like I couldn't get them back. I was starting to gain weight. I was eating all the same foods and it was a real wake up point to me of like, whoa, I changed nothing nutritionally. I've been working out the same and everything, but the stress stopped me from generating ketones 
Yeah. And that was kind of that wake up moment to me of like, wait a minute, I got to do something about that. But yeah, if if you've never played the guitar and you're interested in music, I highly recommend it. Just be careful because your fingers will be in a lot of pain for a lot of weeks until they build really ugly calluses. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get a guitar. That, that sounds, I played the trumpet way back when, so I can me do too. that. Me too. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, trumpet, saxophone, clarinet, flute. I can do all of those things, but guitar is it's a challenge it's a whole nother, <laughs> lot, there's a lot more finger movement with a guitar than with a trumpet yeah with a trumpet it's like you you know that when you push down on one of those what what is it called that it don't even remember Valves, what, I think. yeah so when you push down on one of those you make a note with a guitar it's like i don't even know how to make a how do you even make a note with that like it's, yeah. it's a lot more complicated so your brain can't think about the groceries you have to pick up or the order you have to make online or the competition you have next week you're just focused on moving your fingers and Absolutely. it's so simple you said you're you're living full-time in arvina that de-stressor or is that a stressor <laughs> depends on the day and what's broken or what's not um so um back when i was writing the book i was getting really overwhelmed like i had never the plan was never to write a big book like what the keto diet is. It was really just supposed to be a cookbook. But as I got going, I was like, but I have this to say and that to say. And it got to the point where I just needed to check out. And so we bought our first RV. It was a little tiny thing. And on weekends, we would just go out and I would write in the mountains with the snow. And I would just like be outside but still be working. It was great. And when the book launched, um, my husband and I were looking for a new RV and we saw this 40 foot motorhome and we were standing in front of it and I said oh my gosh this is so big you could live in it and then my husband Kevin looked over at me like huh and I'm like could you could could we live in this and um that became uh our goal and so we moved in in August of 2017 and at first it was really stressful because I'm not good with change I hate change and living in an RV is like constant change like I never know where we're gonna be what we're going to be doing, if we'll have internet, if we won't, if our generator, which is how we generate some of our power when the solar isn't running, like, is there going to be sun? If there's no sun, we don't have power. Is the generator working? Is it not? Like, there, there are so many variables. And for somebody that doesn't like change, it was really hard for me to be okay with it. But I find now, I, you know, I was chatting with my sister the other day, and she was like, yeah, but when do you want me to come? Like, cause she's coming to see me for my birthday. I'm like, I don't care. And she's like, yeah, but what day? I'm like, seriously, just pick a day and come. And she's like, who are you? Like, don't you want to plan this? I'm like, no, seriously, just tell me a day and I'll be there. So I think it's a great opportunity regardless of where we're living or what we're doing. If we're in a stressful situation or we get stressed with change, just kind of um, allowing that change to happen because change will always happen <laughs> yeah. regardless of where you're living or what you're doing. And so it's been a really great lesson to me of um, just rolling with the flow and knowing that none of your plans will ever work out. Like, you know, we were supposed to be um, in Mississippi right now and that didn't happen. So I'm still in Florida because our generator broke and we needed to get it fixed. So now we're in Florida and I think just rolling with the punches makes it less stressful. I think, we're the ones who make it stressful. So it's just changing that um, outlook, I guess. What's it like running a business from an RV? <laughs> um, there are times where it's frustrating because my husband and I both work on the business and he has his stuff that he does too. And it's a small space. So it's like learning 
just because your partner is across from you doesn't mean that you can talk to them nonstop. I think that's probably one of the biggest frustrations for him is like, I'm just like, Hey Kevin, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, seriously, I'm trying to work. Um, and the internet thing can be challenging. Like sometimes we have really good internet. Sometimes we don't. Um, but it really forces us to live a simpler life. I have so much more time in the day to just, you know, wake up and go for a walk because we're in a new place and I want to go explore. And I think overall it's been really good to us. I just actually had um, my blood panel done and I did a bunch of organic acid stuff and I've never been healthier and I have not changed anything. And I really think it's because I spend so much more time outside I'm spending so much more time in the sun. I spend a lot of time just watching fire. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Like, we'll we'll set up a fire and I'll watch it for three hours. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I can totally get down with that. It's mesmerizing. It's it totally is. And I'm not I'm not on my phone as much. In fact, um, just two weeks ago, I deleted all the apps off my phone except Instagram and my email app. So everything's gone. I have like five applications on my phone. Um, because I just I don't have the internet to be able to interact with it. So I think from that sense, it's it's allowed me more time to just think and be okay with the simplification. There's some there's something so magical about just having like a box of your things. Like I I leg- I'm not even exaggerating. I have one little wicker box. It's like 12 inches by four inches of all my little work things, and that's enough. I don't need a big office with all like my office was huge. And I never used any of those things. So it's 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 nice. Your brain is a lot less busy with things. No, I totally agree. When when I moved from Washington down to Arkansas now, like we sold everything, got rid of everything, we put everything we owned in a big box and put it on the back of the truck and we haven't got anything else since then. Like we've just kept it minimalist. It's the best. It really is. It really Do is. Do you find that you want to go even smaller? Like I know that sometimes when I look at my stuff, I'm like, do I actually need this? And I'm constantly donating even more stuff. Oh, yeah. I, like every time I feel stressed, like my first thing to do is like get a big trash bag. And anything yeah. that I don't use on a day-to-day basis, I just throw it away or give it away. Yes, I'm the same way. I went through another purge last week. Like it's like constant always looking at it once a month usually when i'm stressed i find that too i'm just like i need to declutter and kevin's like there's nothing left i'm like there is <laughs> yeah no I, I can totally relate with you on that one it's, it's got to be pretty liberating I'm, I'm i'm playing with the idea of doing like a cross-country trip or something and you know downsizing even more and then being mobile like that like i love the idea of being able to work from anywhere on my computer and just being just as efficient as if i had a big office yes yeah yeah it's it's quite a freeing feeling. And I know when I first started doing it, it was, it, there's something so giddy about like, I remember when I was in grade three, I'll never forget this. My health teacher, we all had an assignment of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I drew this picture of me like not being in an office and not having a boss. And I put all these like keywords of everything I wanted and I presented in front of the class. And she said, that job doesn't exist. And so every time I'm working on my computer in the forest with no boss and no office, I kind of just laugh to myself like I created this. I I figured out a way to make my dreams come true. And I think it's, you know, it was a long time coming. So I would say if you have the opportunity to do something like that, you should do it. You should totally do it. That is, it's so, it's so cool to hear that third grade story because there's so many times in life where people tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that. And it sounds like, you know, you hear that all the time, but it's freaking true. Like, 
nobody, if you told somebody, like, I've told my parents what I want to do, and they don't think it's possible, and yet I'm living it on a day-to-day basis now. So it's it's cool to talk to you who are doing, who's doing the same thing and being successful with it. Do your parents understand now just a little bit? Like, no. What? No? No, no. no. They're, they're, they don't even know. My dad doesn't even have a cell phone. He doesn't know what a podcast is. That's amazing. My parents came to live with us for a couple of months while they were moving. And I'll never forget one of the last days that they were staying with us because we ended up selling our house and moving into the RV. My mom looked at me. She's like, I finally get it. You guys actually work a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, mom, what did you think we were doing? Like, she just, she didn't, she didn't understand what it was like to run an online business. Like, they were there when we were launching one of our programs and putting stuff together. She's like, are you guys coming to bed? It's like one o'clock in the morning. We're like, nope, it's an all nighter. <laughs> like, so I think, yeah, it's, it's a different age. And it's, it's nice when your parents like clue into like, whoa, okay, I think I understand it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting for that. But I'm, I'm excited for that to come because it'll be liberating for sure. Yes. <laughs> the, what? So I'm just going to dive back a little bit farther. What were you realizing and everything from like a hormonal perspective as it relates to women? Because I can't really speak from experience on that um, being a man. But I've got like a lot of clients that are women. I've got, you know, several people that ask me questions that are female. It's a totally different ball game, And I'd love mm-hmm. to get your take on that, you know, with keto, with women, how it all kind of ties in. Yeah, you bet. So women work on a 28-day hormone cycle, um, assuming that you're not in menopause. Um, Once you're in menopause, you work very similar to a man in hormones a little bit, like men run on a 24-hour hormone cycle. So what you can do on a Monday morning at 9 a.m. is probably what will work for you on a Thursday morning at 9 a.m. And same with women in menopause because their hormones don't fluctuate the same way that, say, a 30-year-old woman would. But for a 30-year-old woman, on day one of her cycle is very different than day 17 of her cycle. And there are certain parts in our cycle that require different macronutrients. Um, So you may find that when you ovulate, uh, you require more protein than when you have your period. And when you have your period, you may like really crave carbohydrates. And so what I find is usually about three to four days before um, you bleed, it's important to like set a note on your phone and be like, Hey girl, you know, you're going to get your period in four days. So you might want to amp up your carbohydrates because, or amp up your B, uh, complex supplement, because really all those carbohydrate, um, cravings rather are usually happening because you're seeking B vitamins. And so you can kind of start to map out like what foods am I craving at certain points of my cycle? What nutrients could I be lacking in that? And sometimes it's just that you need to increase your carbohydrates. So I find that um, women that are still having a cycle, knowing that your macronutrients need to change depending on where you're at in your cycle is like this huge eye-opening Um, moment where you stop struggling because oh my gosh the amount of months that I was finally getting my period and still like no I had this eating this way worked fine for me 10 days ago when I had this meal why am I getting a headache now (laughs) you know like all those little things and I find if you start to map out on a monthly basis or a cycle basis um, depending on how long your cycle is will be dependent on what macronutrients you need and you might find a trend like oh my gosh, day 17 of my cycle, three months in a row, all I want to do is eat all of the protein. I cannot get enough protein in my body. And so that's a good indication that 
before all that happens and you're like scrounging around the house trying to find protein, perhaps put an alert on your phone that says, hey, day 17 is coming. It's day 15. Why don't you have a big steak tonight? Um, to just offset those um, fluctuations that we experience. So that's one piece. And then the other piece is if you're a woman who's dealing with any low hormone issues, like low estrogen, low progesterone, even low cortisol, um, these can be better helped with a little bump in carbohydrates. Uh, so perhaps having like half an apple in your salad at night or, you know, having a couple of banana, like a cassava or not cassava. What am I trying to say? Green plantain. That's it. Um, green plantain fried in a little bit of coconut oil on the side of your chicken thighs can be helpful. Like we're not talking about a ton of carbohydrates here, but like a really little goes a long way. Um, another thing I see women struggle with more than men on a ketogenic diet is their leptin levels. So it's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you've seen this either, but, uh, you know, if, if you just have coffee with butter in it, like your, your standard butter coffee with no carbohydrates and no fats, men usually do pretty good on that. Like they can go hours with fasting, no big deal. But a lot of women, they'll have these like butter coffees or fatty coffee, or maybe it's a dairy free version. And like 30 minutes to an hour later, they'll get pretty shaky and um, hungry or like crave carbohydrates. And that's something that I experienced like time and time again. I'm like, what's going on? And I went caffeine free. I went dairy free. I was changing ingredients and nothing, nothing changed it. And then I started adding just a little bit of carbohydrates and a little bit of protein uh, into the mix and it went away. Like I just, how many, um, three grams of carbs and they could be um, zero net carbs. So like if you use something like hemp seeds, it's a zero net carb amount. So I just put three grams of carbs in there and it kind of evens itself out. And just a little bit of collagen. And all of a sudden I was able to fast longer. I felt better. Um, so that's something I find that women can sometimes do best with. And that's why I developed the Rocket Fuel Latte. Um, it's a fatty drink. You can use tea or, or bone broth or coffee or whatever you want to do. Um, but it has just a touch of carbs and protein. I find that's better. And women will also sometimes wake up um, in the morning and be hungry <laughs> mm -hmm. on their ketogenic diet. They've eaten keto for like three months. Everything's smooth sailing. And all of a sudden there's like mornings they're waking up and they're just starving. Um, that's usually because their leptin is getting a little bit weird. And all that means is that um, it can be a good sign of doing, uh, you're needing to do a carb up. So if you're waking up every morning and you're starving, uh, perhaps one evening that week, maybe on a Thursday, you put half a sweet potato with your dinner. And I can just about guarantee, like I'm 99.99% .99 certain, if it's like a whole food carbohydrate, you will wake up not hungry the next morning and you'll probably fast for the rest of the day. So there are these little tricks and tips that I've found um, specifically for women that men just don't experience as much um, that can be really helpful in um, regulating your appetite, reducing cravings, and also balancing your hormones. Have you found that like when people introduce uh, some of the carbs, they have like a all-out binge, like it's just a psychological mm -hmm. switch that's been flipped and they're just more susceptible to <laughs> going crazy with it? I think it depends on the relationship you have with it. Like um, when I decided to really get out of the whole diet mentality garbage. Like I had, had, I had had an eating disorder for many years previous 
And um, I was just sick and tired of dealing with, oh, this food is bad, that food is bad, I can't have this, I can't have that. I went to the bulk store and I bought all the candy. I'm a candy person. So I bought all the candy, all the junk food. I put it in my house and I told myself, anytime you want this, go for it. And there was like three solid days where all I ate was gummy bears and waffles and chocolate things. And then on the fourth day, I felt like hot garbage. Like it was the first time in my life where I actually allowed myself to just eat whatever. And by the fourth day, I was like, oh my God, I just want some kale. <laughs> like, I just mm. want to feel better. And I think if you know what your body feels like when it's healthy, I don't think that this practice would work if you're currently eating a standard American diet because you don't understand what healthy feels like. But if you've been eating, you know, gluten-free, grain-free, keto for like two years and you're just sick of all the rules, going on an all-out binge fest actually feels terrible. Like, tell me the last time you had an all binge fest and you actually felt good. <laughs> like that's not a thing yeah. and not even just mentally good. Like, Oh, you know, I went off my plan, but just like physically unwell, like your joints are inflamed. You have a headache, you're dehydrated. You just, ugh, that feeling. Um, and so I think it's a matter of the relationship that you have with carbohydrates. If you set the intention of like, tonight I'm going to have a sweet potato with my dinner and then I'm going to play a board game with my kids and it kind of just resets your brain of not sitting there, you know, eating the sweet potato, being like, how is this ketogenic? I'm failing. Why did I, why am I doing this? I hate this. And then you're on Instagram later looking at pictures of, I don't know, whomever you look up to. Maybe it's having a six pack or maybe it's being super ripped or thin or whatever your goal is. Um, and then thinking, oh, why did I have that sweet potato? I'm such an ugly whatever. Um, instead, you're playing a board game with your kids and getting really happy and going to bed um, satisfied, not only physically, but also emotionally and psychologically. I think that can go a long way. I'm not a proponent of like, yeah, let's have a cheat day because I've done that. And what ends up happening is you write down a list on your phone of all the foods you're missing. And on that cheat day, you go to the store and you buy all those foods and you totally uh, all out binge and it becomes this horrible behavior. I think there, um, again, there's like that gray area of if, if being keto means that you're going to binge every week on like all of the things, it's clearly not working for you. So instead, why don't you set the permission to yourself to be like, when I want carbs, I'll have them. And all of a sudden, it really takes the power away and you end up actually eating more keto than you ever have before. It's this weird thing that a lot of people will experience. The relationship that one has with food is, is a very interesting, very interesting relationship. You, you mentioned that you had an eating disorder previously. Yeah, I had... Um, anorexia and bulimia for oh, over 20 years, a really long time. So what, what did that, like, how did that manifest itself for you? I was a dancer. So, um, I was the perfect, I was the perfect height, but not the perfect weight when I was a dancer. I did a lot of ballet, um, and theatrical dance and I was on a competitive level. So it just became normal for all the girls and guys to talk about our bodies and, Every girl wanted to be that girl that could be lifted and that didn't stick out in her leotard and things. And so it just became a natural thing of watching what we ate. It was nothing my parents said or, I mean, I was, I wasn't, I mean, I guess I was larger than the people in my class because, I mean, I was five foot seven in grade seven. Like I was, I was a tall girl. And, um, so I think that's kind of where it started. And then, 
um, when I moved to the city, I lost all my friends and it was really hard on me. And then I just, um, it became very disordered. Whereas previously with dance, it was just, you know, going on juice cleanses and um, counting my calories. But when I was a little bit older, it was how many days can I go without eating? And then if I do eat, um, let's try to figure out how I can purge everything. Uh, and it just became really, really horrible for a lot of years. So like what, uh, I don't know, I, I don't want to dive into this if you're not comfortable talking about it. Oh, like, I'm totally comfortable. <laughs> no, this, this is this is interesting because I, I don't know, like I've, it speaks to me because I've had eating disorders too. So I always like to hear different people's take and kind of like how it affected them. So if you want to dive into that, you know, even further, like you, you would go days without eating and then the whole purging aspect of it, like I did that and it's, it's nobody, like somebody that doesn't suffer with that can't even begin to relate. They just don't know. They just don't know what it's like to tell your body you can't eat versus you can't. They just eat when they want to, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's so natural. I remember looking at people that could just eat and I just couldn't understand it. Like, I I just couldn't get it. I, how do you know you're hungry? That's so weird. Like, and you just eat and then how do you stop? Like, it just totally blew my mind. I couldn't. So I think the opposite too is people that haven't experienced an eating disorder don't fully understand. I remember my parents and even my husband being so frustrated because he just couldn't get it. Like he just didn't understand. So what, what, uh, like how, how did you, you know, breach that topic with like your parents and your husband, like with your relationships, like how did that get affected? Um, well with my parents, because I was quite young, um, my relationship with my parents was really horrible. I ended up moving out when I was 16, um, putting myself through school and doing all the things on my own because I just couldn't be in that environment. And I don't think that they wanted me to be either. So it kind of worked out, but I think that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made because moving out really forced me to be like, Oh wait, I have to pay for groceries (laughs) or like, you know, like rent and, you know, high school costs money, you know, as a kid, you always think like high school is free. And no, like you have to pay for your textbooks and you, you need to get a job. And so I was working and going to school and figuring all that out on my own. And I think that was a, uh, a real help in the long run. At the time, it definitely gave me more freedom to become sicker. But I think being on my own at 16 was a really good thing for me <laughs> and really forced me to grow up a lot sooner. But with my husband, it was um, when Kevin and I met over 11 years ago, uh, I told him flat out, probably on our first date, like, hey, I have an eating disorder. These are the things I do. I don't really see it as a major problem. Uh, I've tried to overcome it. And this is just, this comes with the package. Um, so he was always really supportive and tried to help but I think it really had to come from a place of me just not being okay with it anymore. I don't think that there was anything that anyone could have said to change my mind, but I'm the type of person when I want something, I do it. And I just realized that there was so much more to life than being a slave to this. And that's when I decided that I had to clean up my act. <laughs> was there like a like like a night and day shift in one instance and then you were just better after that? Or were there several kind no. of attempts that failed? Oh, there are so many attempts that failed. I couldn't even, I mean, probably 300. Like, I don't, like every day was a new, oh, it had to be more than 300. Like every day for a solid five years, it was a new day that I was trying to not binge and purge. 
or when I was trying to listen to my hunger. Like every day I would have, I had a little calendar and I would put a happy face on the day that I made the whole day without um, an eating disorder tendency. And then I would cross it out um, when I, you know, didn't like when I slipped up and there was a lot of counseling, a lot, a lot of yoga, a lot of just journaling and working on it. Um, I think really the, the pivotal moment was when I no longer had to take ADHD medication. When I went keto, all of a sudden my brain could like work. And if you've had ADHD and gone on keto and now you don't take your medication, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, your brain has been working your whole life, but medication kind of makes everything a little bit fuzzy, but you're also focusing. It's a really strange feeling. And so when you go off this medication, all of a sudden you're thinking for yourself, your thoughts are organized. And that was the first time where I could actually like think through my feelings and be able to like, oh no, I'm not feeling hungry. I'm feeling like I need to be with a friend or I'm feeling like I really need a hug right now. Um, so it was much easier for me to communicate what I needed. And um, then when I started really being fueled by fat, I was no longer controlled by food. So it wasn't that, oh my God, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm binging and purging because I really want all these carbs and all the sugar. All of a sudden I didn't want the carbs and I didn't want the sugar. So food wasn't as much of a priority for me. Mm -hmm. And I was able to kind of sit with that a lot longer. So that was kind of the major turning point um, for me with the eating disorder. Was there like a specific moment or like an event um you look back on now, we're just like, wow, I don't even know how I managed to eat that much food in a sitting. I don't know if I think about it that way. For me, it was never about the food. Um, when I look back, uh, it makes me really sad that I, um, I had no self-compassion, mm -hmm. you know, to just like be able to sit with myself and have conversations like I, I talk to myself all the time <laughs> like in third person and I'm you know I'm asking myself questions and I just I feel for that 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 woman that was just struggling so much and that's you know at the core of everything that I do I always think back to how much I struggled and that's why my keto is different than what a lot of keto approaches you'll find out there is like because I've seen that disordered those disordered tendencies rather like ruin lives. And I went to treatment. I've seen some horrific things when it comes to um, eating behaviors. And I just, I don't want to fuel that fire. Even if it's like, yeah, just eat 20 grams of carbs for the rest of your life. You're welcome. You don't know what that's going to do to the person that hears it. So I'm always trying to be so mindful of when I'm explaining things, it always comes back to, but what does your body want? And I think, um, that's how I try to do everything. And some people might not like it. Some people might say that's not keto. But, you know, if I test my ketones today, I'm in ketosis. It's just it's just different. Um, so, yeah, I just I feel for that girl. And that's how I try to approach everything that I do now. No, I can definitely get behind and appreciate, you know, the just like the relationship with food and just like the mindset towards I, I put a lot of emphasis on mindset and all of my everything mm -hmm. I say and, and mindset and like how you look, uh, you know, how you approach your training, how you approach your eating, how you approach your relationships, like all of that shares a symbiotic relationship. And if that's out of whack, then everything suffers. Yes, totally. That's so true. I agree with you. 
what uh, what what's the next big thing on your? I don't know how much time you get here, but what what's the next big thing that you're excited about or focused on working on right now? Yeah. So um, when I first started keto, I had this like dream, like 30 days in, of like this amazing like community of um, keto sisters that could connect and talk about keto and learn with videos and interactive content. And I was like, oh, wouldn't this be the coolest? But it was a really heavy lift. I didn't know enough about ketosis at that point. Um, and it was really expensive to create. And so I just kind of put it on the back burner. And every time I'd have an idea of like, oh, this would be so cool to take people through, like women specifically on this video about how to do this and that and the other thing and show images and really show them how to do this one thing. Um, I'd write it down and I put it in a little document. And when the book launched, I finally had the time and also the know-how to put this program together. And so for the last year, I've pulled up all those notes. I've worked with my team and also I've partnered up with a doctor to create this program we're calling Happy Keto Body. And it's a 12-week video training program for women specifically that take them through not only how to eat a ketogenic diet, but how to heal their body with a ketogenic diet. So the first six or the first four, five weeks rather are based on keto theory and understanding like what a carb is, how to reduce carbohydrates. And also for the veterans who are like, dude, I know what a carb is <laughs> like, come on. Um, we go through more of the scientific pieces of like genes and how, you know, genes can express with uh, different types of environmental factors and how that influences your success on the ketogenic diet. Um, so there's um, a variety of topics in there. And then in week six, we talk all about body kindness and some of the stuff we chatted about today about the relationship with your body. And then week seven to 12 is healing through autoimmunity and thyroid and adrenal and all those imbalances that people can come to keto with. And yeah, it launches on April 8th and runs until the 22nd. You can find more details at happyketobody.com. And every time I talk about it, I get butterflies. Like I'm just, I'm so excited for this. And it's been such a dream of mine to be able to um, coach women through this. And because we've partnered with a doctor, we're able to offer lab work through the program. So if you've always wanted to get that stool test or the blood work and your doctor's not supportive of that, we have um, a service that will allow you to run whatever the heck you want and have it approved by a doctor. And also we have coaching sessions for our members and it's just, it's a dream come true. I'm pretty excited about it. No, that's awesome. It's, 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 I don't know, it's, it's cool to launch something that you've worked so hard at and you're passionate yeah. about and see other people respond well to it. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Definitely. You should be. You should be. Um, so I'll, I'll link to that so that people can find that easily. Is there anything else, any other places people should go to find out more about you? Yeah, you can check me out on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. It's just Healthful Pursuit. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Healthful Pursuit, and my blog, healthfulpursuit.com. And then my podcast is called The Keto Diet Podcast. I know, super original, but... <laughs> now, I'm, I'm curious, how, how in the world did you get that name? Like, how was that not already taken? I know. I don't know. It, I don't know. Nobody had taken it when we were putting together the the book title. Um, the keto diet was available, and I'm like, I'm okay, dreaming big. I'm that's doing the one. it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Leanne, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've I've loved chatting with you here, and we'll definitely have to do a, a follow up. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your brain if I decide to go travel across the states in an RV for sure. 
Oh, amazing. I'm there. Actually, we have a whole blog dedicated to it. It's exploring.com where we talk about living in an RV. But 100% if you ever have questions, I'm here because it's a major learning experience. Exploring with a K? Exploring. Yeah, like exploring and working. Exploring. Okay, <laughs> hey, I'm actually going there after we hit finish recording because I got some, I got some, <laughs> I got to learn something. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Leanne, well, it's been a pleasure again. I'll talk to you soon for sure. Okay, sounds good. Take care. Take care. <laughs>